Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, I'm Nadia Figueroa. You don't know me yet, but I want to talk to you about breasts. You heard me right, breasts, boobs, tatas. From bras and sexuality to health and everyday life, this is the very breast podcast ever. Did you know that human beings are the only mammals on earth that have permanent breasts? Or that an unsupported breast can move vertically up to 21 centimeters while running? That's a boob moving a distance longer than the size of a venti Starbucks cup. Did you ever wonder why they say most women aren't wearing the right bra size? I'll tell you a secret. There's really no such thing as your true bra size. I'm Nadia Figueroa, and I'm a bra designer. I've designed everything from barely there seamless bralettes to high-impact sports bras to nursing bras. And in my time doing this, I've thought a lot about breasts. I've learned what's good for them, what's bad for them, I had to figure out what they need, how they move, and I've talked to a lot of people about their breasts. I spend most of my days thinking about breasts, and honestly, they're one of my favorite things to talk about. If you get me started talking about boobs, it's hard to get me to stop. And most of the time when I talk about them, whether they're proud breast owners themselves or just have a healthy appreciation for them, people want to know more. That's really what I want this podcast to be all about. I'm gonna talk to breast experts and people from the bra industry and to everyday people who just wanna share their breast experiences. Together, we're gonna learn about boobs and boob adjacent things like that little bra size secret I told you guys about earlier and about nipples and nipple censorship. I'm gonna introduce you to some really heroic and amazing breast cancer survivors who wanna tell their stories and it may not be what you're expecting. We're gonna learn about the breast experience for trans people and women who had voluntary breast surgery. I have so many exciting stories and experiences to share with you, and I am so pumped for this journey to start. Oh, and I should warn you now, there will also be lots of boob puns. For this first episode, I wanted to introduce you to myself and to my friend who's the main reason why this podcast happened. Back when we used to go to parties, I used to just make people uncomfortable by cornering them and talking about nipples or cup sizes or whatever. But a few months ago, I hijacked a group Zoom call to talk about, what else, bra sizes. And I was interrupted by someone I knew through a mutual friend who suggested I start a podcast. No, 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 I said. Nobody wants to listen to me talk about boobs for an hour. No, she said. We are starting a podcast. 
So without further ado, please allow me to introduce my friend and the very best podcast producer ever, Alyssa McHugh. Hello. Hey, Hi. Alyssa. Hi. Hi. Um, so now that we've kind of started, um, maybe you could talk a little bit about what inspired you to start the podcast with me. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's a lot of what you said already in that um, every time that we were together and we'd sort of start talking about stuff like this, you have such a, a good background in in fashion design and bra design. And you would just always bring up these things that I had never even considered or thought of. Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely don't wear the right bra size. I We can talk about this more later, but it, it I definitely don't wear the right bra size most of the time. So it was just always so interesting for me to get that sort of insider information about how bras get made, how they decide what the right size is and, and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah. And I also just really think that, uh, I want to, I'm the type of person who wants to talk about things that aren't being, being spoken about enough. Um, as a woman, I think we feel often like bras or breasts are a little bit taboo. And uh, I don't feel that way at all. I have breasts and I look at them every day. So <laughs> I, uh, I'd i like to just, I think, have more conversations about it and just get people talking and all that fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And and bra size is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And it's one <laughs> of the things I'm, I'm really excited to talk about because just like you said, most women are not wearing the same bra size or the, the right bra size and, um, you know, myself included, because I've spent the last year working from home and, and not really having to wear a real bra. And, and just like a lot of other people, like pandemic changed my body, you know, mm-hmm. and it's so hard to find the right bra size. And, and that's something I'm just really excited to talk to other women about their experience. And, and, you know, maybe we can all figure out this bra size equation together. <laughs> Yes. Maybe someday I'll wear the right bra size. I don't know yet. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm not even a hundred percent sure there really is such a thing. If I'm being honest, do you remember your first bra? Um, yes, I, so when I was maybe, I don't remember how old I was. I want to say I was like probably nine, 10, 11 in that sort of period of time. And I definitely would go, I wanted breasts. I was so excited. I just wanted to have Uh, you know, to me, they represented being a woman. And at that age, I was just very excited to grow up. I think probably a lot of that has to do with the media around Mm -hmm. us, but um, I was excited to get breasts. And so I would jump up and down in front of the mirror and be like, is there anything there? Is anything moving? When do I get to go convince my mom that she needs to buy me a bra? Um, And, and then at one point, so I, I did, you know, probably it was never enough or my mom was just, you know, she was, she was, interested in keeping me young for as long as possible, which is completely understandable to me now. Um, you know, she wanted me to maintain my innocence. And uh, so she she wasn't super proactive or maybe I didn't ask her, I'm not sure, maybe I was embarrassed, but um, I was out shopping, I wanna say at like JCPenney or Sears or something with my mm-hmm. cousin and her grandma. So her grandma that is not technically my grandma by blood, but we just all spent a lot of time together. And she, my cousin, I guess she must've been wearing bras already. And so we were in the bra section and I was just like admiring one of these training bras. And her grandma was like, you know, she must've just seen that I was interested. 
and was kind of like, do you, you know, do you want me, do you want to try that on? And I was, you know, probably like, yes, she's asking me. I do. I do want to try it on. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was my, my cousin's grandma, oddly enough, that um, bought me my first, you know, very boring, basic training bra. It was like white, no underwire, probably the type of bra I would actually like to wear now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like the most comfortable type of bra. And, yeah, like you tri- know, the- triangles. That was it. It was a triangle shape bra. You mentioned also, um, you know, jumping up and down to see if you were ready for boobs yet. And uh, uh, the test when I was growing up, where where I was growing up, me and my friends was if you could get a pencil like in the fold of your boob under your boob to stay, that meant that it was time to start wearing a bra. And I remember being 12 years old and I literally went from almost nothing to a solid D cup within like four or five months. Oh my gosh, that's and like how, I could fit a whole pencil you? case. I was twelve. Oh, I was wow. in seventh grade. I remember. That's wild. And like for me, it was a totally different experience. I was mortified because like I looked nineteen and I was twelve years old. Yeah. And I remember like my mom taking me to Victoria's Secret to buy a new bra and like getting measured for a bra, and they said thirty four D. And I was just like, but but that's, that's so far into the alphabet. I can't wear a 34 D I'm 12 years old. (laughs) Gosh. Well, you know, what's funny is that, um, I had a friend tell me last night that she thinks that I'm, uh, probably maybe a D cup or something like that. And, um, I, I always buy like a, a B or a C that's sort of where I've, I've the realm I've stayed in, but, um, it's interesting. Cause I'm like, you know, I should just, it, I wonder if there is almost like this, like background noise when I'm bra shopping, that's like, Oh, I can't try that size. It's going to be way too big on me, but it's, well, you know. you know, what's interesting. Something that a lot of women don't know is, um, there's this thing called sister sizing in bras. Mm-hmm. So basically if you were to look at like a bra size chart, like if you just Google one, you'll, you'll see that it's usually done in like a grid. And Mm -hmm. what happens is different bra sizes share the same cup. So like a 34C and a 36B have the exact same cup, same manufacturer, same size, no difference in quality, exactly the same cup. So that's why you can like be comfortable in a 36B or a 34C or whatever size you are. Right. Because it just depends on on how you feel in it. Um, So they're called sister sizes, basically. I'm going to interrupt myself here. I am kind of oversimplifying the concept of sister sizing. While some bra companies do it the way I explained, it's actually a lot more complicated than that. Big surprise, right? So it's not just a matter of one size corresponding directly to another. Sister sizes actually refer to a whole family of sizes. It comes back to the volume or capacity of the cup. Literally, I'm talking about how much boob the bra cup can hold. We're going to go a lot more into the American bra sizing system in our next episode, but basically when it comes to sister sizes, this is how it works. Let's say you try on a 34C bra cup, and then you try on a 40C bra. They're both going to fit totally differently. The 40C is not just going to be bigger around, it's going to have a way bigger cup, even though they're both technically C cups. As the band in a cup size gets bigger, the cup volume increases, meaning the cup gets bigger. That means that there are some cup sizes in the letter above D or the letter below B that are probably around the same size as that 34C we started with. So if you tried that 34C and the cup felt perfect, but the band felt tight, 
you might think you should just go for the next size up, 36C. Nope. What you really want to do is go up a band size and down a cup size to a 36B. That's because the cups in those two sizes hold the same amount of boob. Are you confused? Me too. This should be way simpler. And the other thing is, there's absolutely no standardization of bra sizing. It really just depends on who's working at that company, who's taking the measurements, and who their fit model is. I was going to say, I know I don't want to go too deep into the fit model because I know we're going to talk about that on a future episode, but... Um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very that, excited for that episode. Yeah, that was always... A, a real life... <laughs> plus size fit model who's fit bras for the longest time. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, me too. Just because it, it is one of those things that I think that was one of the early, the first times I heard you speak about it, I kind of learned a lot and I was, uh, you know, oh, I, I understand it in a different way now. And um, I just think it's something that, you know, if you're in the industry, really, you know it. But if you're not in the industry and you're just a woman on the street, you're, you have no idea how bra sizes are being decided or determined. So absolutely. And, you know, mm -hmm. if you think about how things are sized for women versus how things are sized for men, it's inherently complicated. Like there's this whole system to how to say like how big your boobs are. Whereas when a man buys a shirt, the number on the shirt is the literal measurement in inches around their neck. Like there's no variation. There's no, it's all math. It's just straightforward. No mm -hmm. weird vanity system. Like it's, it's just <laughs> built to be difficult for women. So nobody should feel bad about not knowing their real bra size because chances are it's not a real thing anyway. It just depends on which bra you feel best in. Yeah. And, and I think going back to what we were saying earlier too, it's like, I, I think I'm a, I'm a, inherently petite person I'm like five feet tall I you know I'm probably average weight for that height um but I always think because I'm a small person I must have small sizing and it's taken me a long time to realize that like sometimes I do for my my chest I have to buy you know or for shirt sizing or bra sizing I have to buy you know maybe the medium or large sometimes which is always it was like training my brain to be like, wait, you're not a size small. I, I, you know, I went probably through a phase where I was buying all these sizes, size small, because I thought that's what size I would be. And then I get it. And it was like, oh my God, I can't put this around my, you know, mm -hmm. my rib cage. It, <laughs> it doesn't fit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely changing. Um, there used to be so much stigma around what your actual size is and, yes. and with, you know, Lizzo and, and um, Tess her. Holiday and all these other body positivity mm -hmm. movements that are happening, the number on your clothing size and your bra size is, is mattering less and less, I would say. Yeah. But um, what's crazy is the average bra size used to be something like a 34, 36 B. Mm -hmm. And now it's, it's uh, like the upper D cup. Oh yeah. 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 That, re that reminds me of, and I think I totally think you're right. Like I was born in the mid eighties and sort of had that like nineties, you know, skinny supermodel, whatever being shoved in my face all the time. And not to say that skinny, beautiful supermodels, you know, don't, don't deserve <laughs> their platform, but you know, we want a little bit more variety because when you get exposed to only one thing, then you think that only that one thing is normal. And so, you know, there yeah, were probably, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I think that we also, everyone knows this, but we're all held to these crazy standards because yeah. not only are these impossibly skinny models, what we grew up with, they were all Photoshopped. You know, yes. I was looking yes. at an ad um, earlier today on Instagram for a lingerie company. And it was this like 
cutout panty on um like a cutout mesh panty so that like her her butt cleavage was exposed <laughs> they photoshopped out her butt crack whoa <laughs> they photoshopped it out and I was just like what am I looking at and that's one thing I love about what's happening nowadays is mm-hmm. you know there's just this move towards this is what women and and people and, and and everyone actually looks like this is what you can aspire to because this is what normal people look like yeah and using these platforms I think to just say like look I'm not gonna face tune every image I have I totally Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I understand Facetune and Photoshop to some extent and wanting to present your best self. I work in PR and marketing and communication, so I, I think about stuff like that. But at the same time, it's so wonderful to just see so much more authenticity and people leading with that out there. And it it gives you, you know, a sense of comfort, especially for, I think, for young women and, you know, young girls who are growing up and, you know, but they see matters. For me, there's yeah. so many things about breasts that are just so complicated and so much to figure out that um, it's hard to say because what I would love to change about the outlook on breasts is not to so much have them be considered a hindrance to living your everyday life. You know, you think about um, the central part of your outfit when you work out as a sports bra, because you need to make sure that your boobs are moving in one, in one uh, uh, piece with the rest of your body. And, and what's so unique about, you know, human breasts and something that's always fascinated me is that we're literally the only species other than I think maybe like an ape somewhere, I'm not sure, but I think there's one (laughs) other animal that has breasts all the time because in nature, most of the time breasts are literally just 
you know, food bags for the babies. Like that's, and that's the only time they show up. Human women have to have breasts every single day. And it's like, on the one hand, the, you can be positive about it and look at it as it's a symbol of my sexuality. It makes me feel like, you know, um, a woman or whatever you feel like. Um, but on the other hand, when you have boobs, it's immediately, it almost puts a target on you. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. oh, people can look at that and think, especially if you have, um, if you decide you want to wear something revealing, cause it's hot out mm-hmm. even people look at it and think like, that's, that's an invitation to talk about it, you know, yes. or that's, or, or it could be something that you have to protect all the time because, you know, you face being ogled or catcalled or, or, you know, outright assaulted. It's, it's hard. And, And what I would love to do is with this podcast is create a little more like normality when it comes to talking about them so that they aren't things that are so taboo or such a focus of your entire body. Right. You know, right. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And when you asked me that question, I also stumbled. I was like, I don't, no, I mean, and, and also the funny thing is, is, and this is TMI for everybody listening, is that I don't really get uh, that turned on sexually with like mm-hmm. nipple and breast play. I certainly like a little attention in that area, but like it doesn't do that much for me. It's more for, I guess, the guy that I'm with. Um, if he likes Absolutely, it, I just, yeah. Yeah. Um, on, that so note, a, yeah. on that note, um, it's interesting you brought that up because that is something that used to, um, that I used to love. Like that is something that mm-hmm. like, it was a big part of sex. It was, it was, it's like, cause there's so many nerves there, you know, but I have this weird hang up about touching my own boobs ever since my sister got breast cancer. Oh, wow. Because what happens is like, you're, you know, you're told check your breasts every month, do your breast test every month. And then it's like, I have this one specific time of the month that I always do it. And then it's like, okay, I'm done. I don't have to do it again. (laughs) And ever since that part of my life happened, I have this like hang up of like, don't touch your boobs. You might find something. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, like, so that's something that, that I would love my, myself would love to get more comfortable with, you know, yes, I'm so comfortable talking about other people's breasts, but when it comes to my own, I have these weird hangups that I, that, that I really would love to get over. You know? Yeah, the the health and and sort of wellness of breasts is definitely. I think uh, I would feel very similarly. I I don't do a very good job at giving myself uh, breast tests, and I'm terrified of having a mammogram someday. Terrified, like I'm like, please <laughs> update that technology before I get to what whatever the age is. I think it's like 45, which I am yeah <laughs> inching closer to, and I'm like, please have new technology. I don't. Want my you know, boobs smushed between two paints of glass. That's <laughs> awful. It really is. And you know what's crazy is that like there's so much fear around it. But I've had a mammogram before and I prefer dealing with that because then it's somebody else's uh-huh. problem. They're the ones finding things. I can just sit there and let them smush my boobs to hell and back. It, hurt? and it hurts a little. It's not it's it's uncomfortable. I would say it's uncomfortable okay. more than it hurts. Like, yeah, gotcha. It's it's you know, just like everything else that women have to deal with. I was going to say that term is so common in women's health things. Does it hurt? It's uncomfortable. (laughs) It's terribly, it's terribly invasive and (laughs) really uncomfortable. And I wouldn't really call it pain, but women also have a very high threshold for pain. Um, I read somewhere the other day that um, period pains are uh, about the same level as a heart attack. (gasps) 
I and believe that because I hate period pains. Absolutely. But that's also part of why so many women ignore yeah. heart attack symptoms because we're just so used to being in pain. Yeah. I don't know how to judge physical pain within my own body. I really struggle with that. I've been uh, talking about that more and more lately where I'm like, I don't, I don't, you know, my instincts always say like, it's not that bad. Um, but then I'm like, but, but it's bothering me enough to talk about. So maybe it is that bad. I'm not yeah. sure. We, we, um, we normalize it for ourselves and, and talk it down and, um, yes. you know, just like everything else, we're just always expected to hide it. Right. Um, so I guess that answers my next question, which is what do you think is the hardest part of having breasts? Someday getting a mammogram. Yeah. <laughs> Change my answer. <laughs> like the least, um, to, um, nipple hair. <laughs> Yeah. God, why? Why is there hair growing around my nipples? I hate it so much. And, and why is, like, is it so dark? That's my other question. I know. Like... It is like, <laughs> um, it is one of those things that um, I absolutely want women to be talking more about that because for a long time, I thought it was so gross. I was so weird. I was like, my boobs are ugly. I have to hide it from men. I'm always like, do I pluck it? Do I shave it? Like, how do I get rid of this nipple hair? <laughs> um, and I just, I want to normalize that a little bit more so that it's not such a surprise to men that women have that there and yeah. to themselves as well. So that women are, you know, just, I think more comfortable with it, more confident about it. And not as I, I maybe a lot of women are not fearful of that, but like, I tend to be a little bit fearful of what people will think if they were, you know, mostly men, I guess, cause they see my, my boobs, but, um, what they will think if they see, you know, a stray hair growing on my nipple that I might've missed. <laughs> it's funny because, um, you know, they don't they used to be, you didn't talk about that. Like you never saw any representation for weird body hair or anything. And, and yeah. even the term weird body hair is not really fair. Cause literally everyone has it. Yeah. Everybody body, has body it. hair. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's the lucky few women who don't have a happy trail or don't have, you know, these Damn long, <laughs> stupid black hairs around their nipples. And I also, I get more on one side than the other. Oh yeah. I don't, you my, know, my right boob is, <laughs> yeah, my right boob is the hairy boob. Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess I have, so I'm Italian and I always say that like it means something, but I, I do think it's like, I get crazy hair growth. Everywhere. Oh yeah. Mediterranean <laughs> women are crazy hairy. I'm, I'm from, um, like my family is from Libya and that's right across the Mediterranean sea from, from Italy. Yes. And like, we're all yes. just, we're all just like these curvy, hairy, angry women, <laughs> which <laughs> is like, a, a, ironically, like so common and it's like this yeah. this this stereotype that's been around for so long but like there's just so many women who deal with that and I wish we talked about it more yeah well you um, know what's funny is one of the first breasts I feel like you know part of that is just the breasts you see in pop culture that don't look like maybe your own breasts and I I feel like some of the early breasts that I saw that were not my own um you know or my mom's or family or things like that um would have been in scary movies in <laughs> from the 70s, which were these beautiful, you know, Perfect. thinner, beautiful <laughs> breasts with really like, the nipples were so like, like luscious and just full and perfectly round and definitely no hair on them. Bouncing in unison. So, like. <laughs> yes, before they get slashed and murdered, which is so dark, but um, <laughs> you know, so that was probably an early thing that fed that sort of like image for me that my boobs were not normal or they didn't, they didn't look like other women's. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, uh, it, it's a really hard standard to live up to. Mm -hmm. especially yeah. if you don't know like quote unquote what a normal breast is like 
no two breasts, including on the same person are the same. Yeah, totally. You know? And sure. And maybe, <laughs> and maybe those women plucked their hair out before they filmed that. Oh, scene, absolutely. Sure. They, they had a whole team of women just waxing and plucking and ready to go. And just like, yeah, of course, these women have beautiful, perfect bodies. They have nutritionists and people who are always <laughs> watching them and PR agents who are telling them that they need to pluck their mustache hair or whatever. Like, <laughs> Is that me? I hope not. It probably <laughs> is though, honestly. It's true. Because we got, you know, you're thinking about I would love someone like them. that. I would love yeah. someone like that in my life, just chasing me around, making sure I look perfect. With tweezers, like. Yeah, wait, absolutely. Wait. <laughs> um, me too, actually, because the worst thing is when you do see, like, you notice, like, a stray hair growing somewhere random, and you're like, nobody told me that was there. <laughs> you usually feel it before you see it, too, and you're that's, just like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's true. Um, what's, uh, on a lighter note, what's your favorite <laughs> slang term for breasts, or do you have one? Um, You know, I don't know. I guess I've called my breasts the sisters sometimes but <laughs> that's like this you know it's sort of a more casual way of being like well the sisters are in my way or the sisters didn't fit into are, are they, they your sisters or are they each other's sisters I think they're each other's sisters but I you know <laughs> I only have brothers and no sisters so maybe that was <laughs> subliminal <laughs> me being able to be like in the company of women when I didn't have a lot of it but um yeah definitely that and maybe tits I like the word tits it's sort of a, a dirty word and I I like a little like grungy dirty like tits yeah I think if I'm gonna um if I'm gonna refer to them as something other than boobs or breasts and and to be honest I very rarely ever actually use the word breast in everyday conversation okay. um tits is probably in my opinion the the best one because tits is like serious like tits is like yeah. I'm here to do business. I've got glasses on. I'm wearing, I have a clipboard in my hand. I'm serious. I'm tits. Like yes. everything tits else. Just, yeah. Everything else either sounds medical or babyish to me. I'm just not crazy yes. about like, I think my least favorite word for breasts other than the actual word breast is um, probably <laughs> boobies. Oh yeah. It's like I hate childish. when people call them that. Yeah. Or titties. Yeah. I don't like the word titties either. Yeah, same titties. Ugh. I don't like most <laughs> slang terms. I think. I think like I have the list of like least favorite is way longer than the list of favorite. Uh, there's a lot of weird ones out there that I just I will wince if I hear them being used. It's just like, ugh, why'd you choose that word? In the industry, in in the bra industry, we call like when you have to talk about the actual like breast meat, you call it um, <laughs> tissue. That so makes like, sense. So like if a cup is like, like a bra cup is like your breasts, you say, oh, it's really, it's really cutting into her tissue or her tissue is yep. not quite meeting the, the underbust seam or something like that. I did hear someone call it boob meat. The other day. Yeah, that, I, I like was like when you said that for a second, I was like, it's so true, but it's also so <laughs> strange to hear and think about. <laughs> yeah, I think referring oh to any part of your body is meat. It, what other things are you hoping to hear about from our podcast? We've talked about bra size. We've talked about breast cancer. We've talked about sexuality of breasts. Is there anything else that you're kind of curious about or hoping to hear about? Absolutely. I think uh, the things I'm going to be most curious about, but I'm not yet, and it's only because I don't know to be curious about them, is the things that, that people are going to bring up that maybe I haven't encountered personally and just doesn't get enough awareness. But I'm definitely, I'm I'm also very interested, I think, in exploring a little bit about the transgender journey. And yeah, absolutely. And there's things that you, we just haven't been exposed to. Um, you know, I'm a I'm privileged 
that I grew up without really having to answer questions like that. Um, but there's, there's things that, that I want to know. And like, I, I, I need, mm -hmm. and I'm very excited to talk to people who, who have that experience. And yeah, you know, we've got a whole host of topics that we're going to cover that people didn't even think about everything from, from nipple censorship mm -hmm. to, um, breast reconstruction surgery to, um, you know, breast cancer, like we mentioned, um, we're just really excited to, to answer all of your, your breast questions. <laughs> yes. And dig into some of these, these stories and personal experiences. I think it's going to be so interested. I'm also very excited to have your mom on the show at some point, because oh, yeah? <laughs> I just want to give your mom a shout out because she is such, I only met her one time and she just, I mean, like I remember her and I'm excited to hear more of what she has to say. She's just such a, a smart and interesting woman and has, lived, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think a very interesting life. So I think she'll be a fun person to to hear from in particular on the show <laughs> so thank you so much Alyssa for joining me on this journey I'm, I'm so excited to go on it with you and talk about all things breast related um the very breast podcast ever was written produced and recorded by Nadia Figueroa and Alyssa McHugh cover art by Alyssa McHugh opening music by Margaret Tran check her out on Spotify for episode transcripts and sources, please visit our website at theverybreastpodcastever.com. Do you have questions? Corrections? Do you want to tell us your breast story? Get in touch with us on Instagram at theverybreastpod or email us at theverybreastpodcastever at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make today the breast day ever. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.